When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the Wall Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. Today we're talking about the college football playoff and the 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 um the unlikely scenarios that happened. Look, I didn't I, I don't know what I expected as far as outcomes. I didn't expect for the games to be that close. Well that high scoring. Oh no, definitely didn't expect high scoring. Yeah, that, that was crazy. That yeah. was crazy. Um so before we get into those games specifically, let's talk about. So, you know, since today, you know, basically this entire show is going to be not talking about Auburn stuff because, you know, you know, Auburn wasn't in the college football playoff. Auburn didn't really even make a bowl game. So this entire episode of the weekend tailgate. What did we see? If you guys don't know, we're just going to be talking about what we saw, what we saw from the past couple of days of bowl games. Let's start with the the conversation, though, before we get into the college football playoff, talking about the SEC. And uh, we talked a little bit about this on the Amen Corner podcast. If you guys aren't listening to the Amen Corner podcast, and I don't know what you're doing with your life, but we talked about the SEC and how it hasn't really been a strong showing for the SEC thus far. It not. Yeah. Of the bowl games that the SEC has participated in, we have had a winner from, of course, Georgia. Excuse me, Georgia last night with the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. We had Arkansas eke out a win in their bowl game. Mm-hmm. And is that the only two wins that we have so far? Tennessee. Tennessee. That's right. Tennessee mm-hmm. won their bowl game. But the rest of them, we barely showed up in those games, like got thumped in those games. Kentucky Wait, didn't score. Yeah. Oh, I, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, they won. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Okay, Bama won. I, I, yeah. That's Bama enough. Won. That's enough credit for now. Let's just yeah. Let's all right, on. but yeah, but no. Kentucky didn't even score in their game. Yeah. Um, Missouri didn't look so good. Um, it just wasn't a great showing from the SEC, man. Ole Miss. We talked a lot. That's kind of the origin of the fourth and Kiffin thing. Ole Miss. Uh. Didn't look great. Go, Ole Miss, a lot of yardage, not a lot of points being scored on, on their right. side of the situation. Um, so we had this conversation really like months ago. Was this a down year for the SEC? Mm-hmm. 
as we, we we've got a couple more situations that we got to get into. But now that we've had an opportunity to kind of look retrospectively and bowl season is really heavy into it. Only a couple more opportunities for for SEC teams to get wins. Is this a down year for the SEC? What are your thoughts on that? Be will. I was on the on the uh, I was in the camp that it was not a down year for the SEC, that the teams who had fallen off had been replaced by other teams who had stepped up. You had Kentucky who had fallen down, followed closely um, the next year by a Tennessee who had stepped up. I still think that holds true. When I say Kentucky had fallen down from 2021, they were very competitive in 2021. They won a lot of games. Um, an Ole Miss team who had won 10 games in 2021 and then in 2022, they really were a mediocre team. Uh, I think if, if they have Auburn's schedule, they end up 6-6. Six and six. And they just had a very, very easy schedule to start with. So they were a mediocre team. I know it's like, oh, they were 7-0. I think they were mediocre. I put them right there along the lines with an Arkansas, with a Texas A&M, with an Auburn. That's who Ole Miss was to me, is, is looking on the field at the product and looking at what they did, even the bowl games as well, because they got blown out by Texas Tech. A very mediocre Big 12 team, and Jackson Dart looked pedestrian, which he had all season. But you figure, okay, well, y'all, you were pushing up against some very physical SEC team. You should be able to handle these guys, right? Oh, No. Okay, all right. I guess that's just who Kiffin is. So um, I'm I'm trying to think what else that movement. So South Carolina did better than expected, right? Mm-hmm. I expected them. I really expected Spencer Rattler to, to turn in a 6-6, six 7-5 and six, seven and five campaign. They did one better. They, they got 8-4. and four. That upset of Tennessee was wild, unexpected. The upset of Clemson. The upset of Clemson. I mean, that was phenomenal. Now, okay, we we have some answers about who Clemson is as a team and not just DJU now after the Tennessee thumping. But that's still, I didn't think they were in Clemson's weight class with Clemson's defensive talent, but they proved that they were. Um, they figured some things out with offense. So I think they stepped up when you have a team like Ole Miss who stepped back from 2021. So I see the, the SEC as really, it's the same average Bama, they took a slight step back, but LSU took a significant step up. Um, not to the class of what Bama was in 2021, but they were definitely significantly better in 2022 uh, LSU than they were in 2021 Georgia. They held they held their own. Um, Florida was roughly the same uh, mediocre team. So I think mostly who the faces were changed at, at the top four teams, you could say. And people feel differently about how the conference is doing based on who those teams are. That's what I think the perception is of those teams. Because some of these games are, if you lose, Will Levis is supposed to be a first-round draft pick. Hey, I'm not going to play. All right, then you don't score any points. I'm not even saying Kentucky would have definitely won that game because we aren't the biggest Will Levis fans. Right. But also, you can't lose a guy with that much experience and at least that much talent and take them off the field and expect for everything to be the same. These bowl games aren't great indicators of who they are if people are sitting out in mass. So it's really hard for the bowl games to be what tells us if we are competitive with the rest of the country the way we think we are. Yeah. However, I think the faces, the the, the teams that stepped up uh, match the momentum of the teams that stepped down, and I think it's pretty much a wash for who the SEC was from 2021 to 2022. Yeah, I mean, so I'll say this and I'll echo your sentiments on a couple of things. And I've seen a couple of comments come in relative to this. So I'll I'll post the comments and then we'll mm-hmm. talk about. OK, so this is when I wanted to pivot off or, or talk about George Isom or Ism says here. 
uh, I saw it's all about QB play, right? And mm-hmm. so I want to take this comment and specifically make it be about the SEC and their perceived fall off the rest of the country. So I don't share the sentiment right now that the SEC has necessarily fallen off. I think that the middle of the pack and the low end of the SEC is a lot closer to the middle of the pack, low end of some of the other conferences like the Big 12 or the Mm -hmm. Big 10. That's fair. The top of the SEC is still the best in the country. Right. We still have the best, by far, in my opinion, talent top to bottom, Mm -hmm. um, even though we don't have the best teams top to bottom. But the comment here about QB play is what I want to harp harp on. Mm -hmm. And we see now you've got to be able to defend people in the SEC for real because there are some quality quarterback play. There's quality quarterback play happening in this conference right Mm -hmm. now. Um, You talked about one guy, Will Levis, right, who didn't Mm -hmm. play. Now, again, not a big Will Levis guy, but he makes a difference as to whether or not that team is able to play well because they've built that offense around Will Levis and the ability to run the football. Mm -hmm. Um, Florida didn't have Anthony Richardson playing in their game. So like, and quite a few other opt-outs and transfers that were not playing in that game. So even a mediocre Florida team didn't have the guys who had made them mediocre the entire season playing in that game. Right. the same thing that can be said of a couple of different teams. The only team that was out there with, in the words of their horrible TikTok, a point to prove that played in a what we would term meaningless bowl game was Bama. Bama was like, nah, we ain't said nobody. We're going to play all our guys, right. and we're going <laughs> to go out here and blast uh, K-State. K- K-State just mm-hmm. to prove, well, they beat Texas, um, TCU and so if we beat them handily, it should prove to everybody we're supposed to be in. And I saw a bunch of Bama fans try to make that case which is before so TCU goes out and actually wins the game. Actually wins the game. But know. we'll get to that. Um, so it's it's a very dumb logic because if, if that's the logic, then LSU and Tennessee, who beat y'all, should then be in the college football playoff. Right. Like we can keep playing this game until we get to the point that Bama fans don't understand logic. Right. Um, but— the point I'm making is it's hard to tell based upon bowl games in the way that bowl games are currently structured in the age of NIL, in the age of transfer portal, whether or not the SEC schools even took these games completely seriously. Right. Because or we're we have the college to. football. Yeah, right. Because right. when you have the college football, I mean, when we get, I know all of the people who work for ESPN that are out here on social media and all of these people who want to be able to sell uh, whatever they're writing on their papers and blogs and websites want to sell that the, the, these bowl games still matter because these kids are playing hard and all this. And th- if a kid is playing in the game, yeah, they want to win the game. They're competitive. Right. Right. But that doesn't mean you're getting the best version of that team. And that doesn't mean that every kid that's there on that trip made it as a business trip. Right. That's just not, that's just not true because right. the games don't matter. That's mm-hmm. like you trying to tell me the NIT is just as important as the, the the normal tournament that's happening. Right. The NCAA tournament and the NIT are, these games, man, no, they don't. Yeah. No, they don't. Nobody's out here bragging that they won the NIT. Right. I, don't, I couldn't even tell you who won the NIT for the past, last year. I ain't even going to go far. Who won the NIT last year? The only thing I remember is that Texas A&M got snubbed from the regular tourney, and they made a run in the NIT and did not win it. That's all I remember, is that Texas A&M did not win the NIT, and they were in it. And they were upset, of course, that they got uh, omitted from the, the regular tourney. But I have no idea who won it. Three Last three years, you, I could not tell you who won the NIT. No clue. The, uh, NIT. 
And you, so to me, the rest of these bowl games, once we get to a 12-team playoff, become the NIT with no, like, tournament style. It's just play a game. It's it's an exhibition game at that point in time. Like, it's yeah. it's good if you want to get an extra practice in for some guys who haven't played all year or something right. like that. But it's not an indication of how good your team is. Right. And honestly— like it factors into where you finish the season from a ranking standpoint, but should it like, right. is that, I mean, is it's, it's irrelevant at that point. Like if you're not in the top 12 teams or the teams that are making the 12 team playoff, cause it, it won't necessarily be the top 12 teams, mm-hmm. um, the way that it's constructed. It's, it's, it, it, why does it matter? I don't understand why it matters. Now, again, the kids who are playing in it want to win absolutely right. want to win the right. game. I'm not saying that they're not going to have fun in the game. But when I say it doesn't matter, I mean it doesn't matter to the overall landscape of college football. Right. right. It, it, it means yeah. nothing that you won the Cheez-It Bowl. <laughs> nothing. I don't know about nothing. How many cheeses did we get when we won? You know what I'm saying? Was, <laughs> it, like, was it like a lifetime supply? They come in on a pallet? You know, you, you let me know. But I, I agree with you. There's no... You could have... Five starters who left your program as soon as the regular season ended hit the transfer portal. Three guys that declared for the NFL to say they're not going to play. And you're down eight out of 22 starters on your team. And you're supposed to treat this like this is going to be, well, we'll see what this team is against, you know, a a comparable team in another conference. Like, yeah, but that other conference, they're mediocre to bad and they don't have players good enough to transfer out and get better better gigs. They don't have players good enough to declare for the NFL. So they all of their guys are going to be playing and we're missing more than a third of our right. of our starters. That we're we're apples to oranges now. It's no longer an indicator of who's who and what's what. It's just a bowl game. It's just nice to have football on in the background. Like right. when I'm doing uh working on podcasts, I got my screen right here right here on this screen. I just got a game up. That's what it is. It's, it's background. It's like, oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's, it's, it's cool because you still get to watch football. So, right. again, I'm not saying, and this brings, uh, you know, the question that Walt has here. Again, thanks for the Super Chat. Do you think these bowl games will start to go away as more and more fans buy less and less tickets due to the opt-outs? I suppose TV may still be there, but viewership has to be dropping as well. Uh, it's a good thought here, Walt. Appreciate hmm. the Super Chat. Um, will the... I don't know because there's a benef- there is a benefit to the conferences, right? Like mm-hmm. they have money that's going to the conferences, so the conferences don't want them to go away. Um, I think they're going to have to change the structure. Again, you know, I hearken back to the conversation we had on the Amen Corner and talked about like different models that they could potentially utilize involving NIL to make it make more sense for teams. I'm not going to give that all away. I want y'all to go listen to it, but go listen to the Amen Corner pod. That dropped Friday or Saturday? Which day? I can't remember which day. It dropped on Friday afternoon. So yeah. Okay, so there's a Friday afternoon drop of the Amen Corner. Go check that out for our thoughts about how NIL could play into this picture. Mm -hmm. I don't know that they go away. I mean, because, gosh, man, like more and more people are picking up sponsoring these bowl games. Like they used to just be the Orange Bowl, and now it's the Orange Bowl brought to you by blah, blah, blah. Like as, as, Mm -hmm. as long as there's corporate money pouring into these games and they have an opportunity to get on television and be the exclusive sponsors and and do all of this stuff. I don't think that it's going to go away, especially in the age of NIL. But, you know, I'll, I'll let you answer that question a little bit more because I did have a chance to speak on this a little bit already. Well, I don't I don't think it's going to die out. I know the ticket, the tickets, people aren't buying like they, like they used to. I think I saw a post on Twitter where somebody said uh, game day for the Bama K-State game that you could 
by standing room seats for like $8. Mm. And you're telling me a, a a Sugar Bowl with Bama in it, even if it wasn't a playoff game, like seven years ago, that doesn't happen. That, that game is, is just is going to be sold out because it's Bama in the region and their fans are going to travel. So I do think some of the steam has come out, out of ticket prices, but I don't think these bowls make most of their money from... Uh, well, I know they make a lot of money from ticket prices, but the sponsor carries a lot of the weight as well. The sponsor's name, they're putting up a lot of money just to be... And TV is 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 what is making most of the money here. Yes. Because that sponsor goes, well, how many people did you have tuned into the Sugar Bowl when it was just an exhibition game? And even if it's the entire SEC tuning in to see if Bama's going to lay an egg, that's still eyeballs. Or if it's the entire Big Ten, because people want to see Bama fall. They've been... The 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 hero to a certain extent. Now they're the villain because people are like, man, Nick Saban's falling off. Let's see. They they lost two games and they look bad. I don't know. Let's see. And then they drum K State, but people tuned in to watch that. So mm-hmm. even if you watched it because you were interested, if you watched it because you had it on in the background, you still had this game on through streaming, through cable or whatever. And that means that the the ESPN can say, hey, cheese it or hey, whatever the sponsor, whoever the commercials are going to run. We got this many million eyeballs. You need to go ahead and get on board because it's still worth it. And the SEC is going to pocket that money. So I don't think that that's going to change. I think people will still watch. They might not go, but people will still watch these games. Varying levels of interest for different reasons, but they'll still watch it. Yeah, I think that people will still tune in to watch their teams play. And like I said, there's going to be some hate watching going on from people who just want to see some of the more traditional big names potentially get upset and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, attendance is going to be down for sure because again, yeah. it doesn't mean as much. Right. And you can try to sell me it means a lot just because kids are excited. That don't mean the same thing. I've seen kids get excited playing the All American, um, uh, the high school, US, yeah, the high school All American, and, and yeah. that game doesn't mean anything. Nothing. <laughs> nobody, nobody who had if you're already getting invited to this All American game for the high school, you already got a bunch of scholarship offers. Nobody's right. tuning into that game and being like. Why didn't we recruit that kid? Let's send him an offer. He played really good in this. It doesn't mean anything. And just because kids get excited and coaches are hyped during the game does not now mean that that game is meaningful to the right. landscape of college football. And I right. hate people trying to sell that excitement. It, it is an equivocation to it being meaningful. That's right. not the same thing. That's not. That's not. People get excited for the dunk contest. What does that mean? Nothing. Nothing. (laughs) It never meant anything, but it was still just excitement. Yeah. All-star game. Oh, man, did you get all-star? It was a really good game. Does it mean anything? No. No. You don't get anything for that. Like, you just, like, let's stop trying to pretend like it means something just because. And I I don't even understand why people are trying to sell the narrative that it means. Like, what do you get out of trying to sell that narrative to people that it now is meaningful because kids are having fun? I understand for a lot of the former players, right? Like you talk to a Cole Kublik, um, I know Josh Pate is a really big big proponent of this, that he says it means something to these teams, to these coaches. And I absolutely believe that if you struggled through a season that was up and down, you didn't come out where you wanted to come out, and you get to keep playing some more football, especially if you're a team that improved over the course of the year. You got to go out, you know what, like, like we're better than we show. We get a chance to show and focus. We got two, three weeks, four weeks of practice, depending on when you play, to show that we are as good as our our best games this year and not our worst teams, our worst games that we played. That's valuable to that team, to those coaches. And if you're still trying, because you still got to pick up transfers, you need to improve. So now you're advertising your product as a coach. You're like, listen, man, you're in the portal. Okay, watch our game. I'm going to show you what we're going to do with you. 
You're going to watch what we do. Watch how much we throw this ball if you're a wide receiver. Watch how much we run this ball if you're a running back. And I'm going to show you what we can do with you. Oh, watch how much we're going to blitz and send our outside linebacker if you're an edge player. Just watch. <laughs> I, I can't say just watch. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, though? Like, now you, you get to... You get to have your players continue to practice and improve. You get to have your coaches show their worth against a team that they haven't played yet. And you get to put your program on. It's, it's not advertising for the landscape. Like you say, it's not relevant to the landscape, but it's relevant right. to any player that you want to, to have interest in your program. So, But that's all a very small percentage of college football as a whole. That's important right. for you for next year. But yeah. that's not important for what do we think of the 2022 season. Does Purdue beating LSU mean something? Not not really. Yeah, because no. we spanked Purdue in our bowl game under Gus. That didn't mean, mean we were going to be a good team the next season. Right. It didn't mean a thing, actually. <laughs> I mean, and, and then we haven't even brought up the fact that there's so much coaching turnover during this time. Where, like, you aren't being coached by the same people who you right. were being coached by the entire season. Like, it's... There's so much that is crazy about these bowl games that, again, I, I mean, it's it's good exhibition. It's good fun to watch these teams play. But does it mean anything ultimately? I'm not saying it, the kids aren't having fun playing football. I'm just saying it doesn't mean anything to the landscape of college football, in right. my opinion. Right. All right. Um, we're going to get to a couple of comments here. Um, let's start with... Uh, I'll come back to that one because we're going to talk about that topic. We'll start here with Zach, who says, y'all see Robbie calling out haters. He's going to ball next season. TK follows up and says, saw the Robbie post, probably his biggest fan, but he needs to stow that and bring it to practice. Um, did you see the post? I'm pretty sure you did. And what were your thoughts on it? Yeah. Um, so I like this energy from him. And yeah. I like this energy for a couple of reasons. So I've said this ever since um, they said, hey, McCall's interested. And then the staff's going after Devin Leary. There's a guy here who just played an, an entire season. First of all, he played an entire season knowing that this was his shot. Okay, he got slept on at Oregon, similar to the way that I personally, be will not the war report, not anybody else believe Malik Willis got slept on here at Auburn, which was politics. Here's who's going to play. You might want to go somewhere else to get your shot. He had that it happened to him, and he was determined that this was his opportunity to play, and he needed to make the most of it. He played with a bad system, with a coach who would not make adjustments for his skill set, with an offensive line that made playing in that bad system even worse than it had to be. And he was injured the minute he started as a, as a starter. And he continued to play through injury, through bad play calling and bad systems, and finally, once the coach got fired, he got freed up a little bit. Still hurt. Still hurt. So it's not like he can finally, I can show what I can do. Kind of. Because I can't do the thing that makes me a quarterback. I've been, he's been telling y'all since he got here. He told us the minute he got here and we interviewed him, I'm a quarterback. And as many as he had to, to get online, I guess, and see people call him a wide receiver every game he played because he can't throw with the, with the injured shoulder. And he had to prove a lot. I'm sure he proved a lot to himself um, with, with how he gutted it out over the last four games, with how productive he was over the last four games. And as soon as that season's over, as soon as he shows flashes of brilliance, a new head coach comes in and he hears about all the guys that are going to be playing in front of him. I'd be pissed too. Yeah. I'd be pissed. Not, not just because, oh, you want to start over me. You, you just giving those guys the job over me. I didn't even get to show you what I could do. My shoulder was hurt. 
I gutted it out for this team. I could have said, hey, listen, I'm concerned. I could mess this thing up long term. I'm going to go ahead and sit down. He didn't do that. He needed that opportunity. He was our best chance to win any games. And he gave us that. It was something for him, but it was also something for Auburn as well. And the first thing that happens is every other quarterback's name is in our mouths. <laughs> as, soon, as soon as the season's over. Man, you saw what Robbie did, man. He's going to be good next year. All right, so Devin Leary, though. Uh, McCall, yeah, McCall. We got, wow, man, what are we doing? We missed out on quarterbacks. Hey, we got a dude. He just laid it on the line here. I get why he's upset. I, don't, I never mind players talking as long as they back it up. You can yeah. say anything. I don't, I don't care what you do. I, I distinctly remember the Cam Newton MVP season, 2015, in the NFL. And he was dabbing on everybody. And these defensive players were so heated when he would, like, rush for a touchdown and get up and dab. They're like, hey, man. They pushed him. He's like, hey, dab? What are you focusing <laughs> Hey, it's okay. I, I won. And so he had fans talking about why does he have to dance like that? And so one time he had a touchdown and he did the twist. He's like, well, this is a little better. This is a little more uh, vanilla for you. If you are going to do the winning, you get to talk to trash or you get to pound your chest, but you got to make sure you win. I am completely mm-hmm. fine with Robbie Ashford saying y'all slept on me. Okay, bet. I hope that fuels him. I hope that continues to piss him off that he thinks about those nights that he couldn't sleep. And the, as soon as the season's over, we got... 10 other quarterbacks' names in our mouth and writing it down on our wish list instead of going, I can't wait to see what Robbie Ashford's going to do healthy with the right system and with two guys who do much better with quarterbacks than any of the last guys he's played under. I understand it. I like the fire. I just hope it leads to the desired result. Yep. We thought TJ Finley had a lot to prove coming here too. And as soon as he got in there, he's turned the ball over a lot and cost us drives and cost us points. So, he can't do that. Like you, he, he, TJ Finley very much talked the part. He, he knew how to say the right things about being a leader, and he sounded like he understood what was going on. That doesn't mean anything if you start turning the ball over and losing us games, so. though. Right. So Robbie's got to take that fire. I think he can say whatever he wants. Come in here, kill it in these camps, kill it in the spring, kill it in, no matter who they bring in here, and have them sitting behind you while you ball out. Then... Hey, I, let's favorite that tweet and, and bring it back when, when we win nine games last season. Like, okay, y'all slept on me. See, this is what you get when you believe in me. I won you nine. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, don't, I don't mind the energy either, you know, to the point. Uh, listen, bottle all that up. It doesn't, I don't feel like he needs to tweet about it. I feel like he right. needs to just note it. It's like, all right, cool. Favorite that tweet, favorite that tweet, favorite that tweet. And then after you prove something, then you can come be like, hey, I saw a lot of y'all sleeping on me. I don't want to see you in my mentions right now. Mm-hmm. I want you to keep that same energy right now when we're winning. And that's what I feel like that's probably the better option for him. But again, to your point, I don't have a problem with it as long as he goes out and proves something. So right now, I don't really feel any kind of way about it as long right. as he's he's not uh, on social media in lieu of working. Right. Like if right. you're just sitting there looking at tweets, getting angry, all right, cool. <laughs> then we got something else we need to think about. But if you're out there actually being like, bet, uh, let me get up and go throw, go make some more throws today. Then right. you got right. the right mindset. Um, see, D. Lev says, South Carolina looked good. Wish they would have beaten Notre Dame. Walt Taylor follows up by saying South Carolina just gave that game away, which I hated to see versus Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm. You know. I'm not mad at. So South Carolina, there are some some consistencies with the games that they've won. Big special teams touchdowns, defensive touchdowns, 
Spencer Rattler at all, on at quarterback, they've been feast or famine. It's like they have a bunch of three and out drives, and then he hits a, like a stupid, ridiculous pass on something like that. That pass, he dodged some 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 rush and then th- and slung it. Like I I get the height. I've seen some throws from him. I was like, okay, his arm is ridiculous. His arm is ridiculous, and that diving, laying out, catch at that wide receiver made for a touchdown in the end zone, it was ridiculous. But then they go three and out like two of the like three of the next five drives. It's like, okay, well, are y'all good on offense or not? I think Spencer Rattler has a tremendous arm. I still don't know that he's a tremendous quarterback. No, he's and not. I, we, it, know, we, we know that. Right. <laughs> he's so, not. So it didn't surprise me when they've got 14 of those points that they scored weren't offensive points. I'm like, okay, so... Okay, what was it? I think it was a uh, was the score forty two thirty five or or something like that. It was a seven point yeah. game, but okay, you scored thirty five points, but fourteen of those weren't offensive points. So it's like they can't generate offense consistently, so it didn't surprise me that they weren't able to finish that game with the win. Notre Dame had been pretty good at defensively adjusting to people, and they did. So South Carolina got those points up early, and they I think they only got fourteen up in the second half. I'm not absolutely sure, but um, Notre Dame. Marcus, what's his last name? I don't think it's his wrong name, but Notre Dame head coach, the young guy. Oh, I don't remember what his name is. Marcus, He's a decent that coach. guy from Notre Dame. Yeah, he they <laughs> they recovered well. They they their quarterback jumped in the portal as well. So they had a guy who had played up until like week two or three, and then he had gotten hurt. So he hadn't played the rest of the season. That bowl game against South Carolina was the first game that he had played in like two months. And so I think that's an accomplishment. That's a good coaching job because you're missing players. And I think they missed more players than South Carolina was missing as far as starters on the team. So um, it didn't surprise me, though, because South Carolina's big wins were a little bit of fool's goal. A little bit. So that, that wasn't too surprising. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Grant jumps in. Uh, it still baffles his mind how Kentucky is able to get top recruits and transfers more recently than ever. They are trash. Trash, bro. Uh, <laughs> Kentucky's not trash. They're just. It is. It is surprising though that they they still pull pull top talent with the the mediocre results that you see season over season compared to. And when I say mediocre results, I mean they've had winning seasons, right? But compared to the hype that they get coming in, like right. the last couple of seasons has been Kentucky's year. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the year Kentucky's going to overtake the SEC East, and they just have not been able to get over that hump, which is a far cry from Kentucky's fighting Vanderbilt for the worst team in the East right. uh, kind of rhetoric that you were hearing a lot. Now it's Missouri and Vanderbilt that are fighting for the bottom of the East. Yeah. Um, so Kentucky has at least gotten into the top you know, portion of that uh, division. Uh, but yeah, it's just they. It, it is surprising that they're able to continuously find top recruits that want to come play at Kentucky. Like, I don't know how they're doing it, but congrats to them for, for doing whatever they're doing over there. Yeah. Um, SS Austin asked how many years till Auburn is in the playoff. I need to see something on the field this year before I'm even ready to make that <laughs> conversation be a thing. Um, a lot of potential, but potential doesn't win you football games and it doesn't guarantee that you're going to put the right uh, combination of that potential on the field at one time. So I don't know the answer to this today. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to hope two years, which is the first year that the playoff is, is going to be expanded. So that means we have to be really a two-loss team in our division to be in a 12-team playoff with our division. I think if you're only lost two games with the teams that we have to play every year, then you're a really good team. As long as they're quality teams. Like, you can't right. lose to, you know, 
like let, let's just take next year's schedule. We can't lose to UMass game one and oh, yeah. lose to Vandy and then right. hope to make the twelve team playoff. Right. Even right. if we do beat Bama and Georgia that year, I think those two losses look really bad and you probably don't end up making um the conference championship in that scenario. So yeah, probably not. Depending on how, on how everything shakes out, you'd have to then win the conference championship, you know, because your only loss would be across it. I don't know. There's a lot of scenarios in which that could happen, but right. yeah. Um, Last thing on this topic before we pivot to talk about the college football playoff, um, A. Jackson says we need competition at every position, every position, let the best man win. This is the correct thought process. And the problem is for the people who Robbie is talking to, it's not about people saying, oh, we just want the best man to win, bring whoever in, let them compete. It's the people who are saying Robbie Ashford should not be a quarterback that right. he's upset about. Right. It's the people who are saying Robbie Ashford's going to look real good as a slot receiver. Um, he right. needs to do the Cody Burns and, and transition to playing, you know, receiver. It's the, uh, you know. Robbie's trash. He can't throw the ball. There's no way he should be a quarterback for anybody's football team, let alone Auburn. Those are the people who he's upset at. Now, if he's upset at people who want to bring in people to compete, then I don't know what to tell you about that because that's literally going to be from now until you stop playing football. That's how it's going to be every single year. Again, they're going to be trying to upgrade the room. Right. Not necessarily saying that you aren't good, but we need to upgrade this room. And right. if you go down, I still got to have somebody good to come in behind you. It can't be he's the clear-cut number one, and if anybody else sees the field, we're, t- we're toast. It right. has to be you're the clear-cut number one because we trust you to put the ball in your hands, but I need to be able to pivot to somebody else. Right, right. And we haven't we haven't had that type of depth here. We thought maybe. we had it. La- I ain't going to lie. I thought we had it last year. I thought we had a really solid quarterback room where we could go. I mean, and to be fair— Robbie, in my mind, probably was the number three guy on that chart. If you factor in, you know, what I thought Zach Calzada was going to be. Right. Um, And he was admirable in his effort to be able to fill in and get us some wins down the stretch. And I think he played good in spots. Mm -hmm. So we didn't have a terrible QB room, but it wasn't nearly as good as I thought it was going to be. And a lot of that to me had to do with the fact that Zach Calzada never saw a single snap. Yeah, yeah. I think you and I talked about this. Last year went bad in multiple ways before the first ball was snapped. Brahms has to medically retire. Calzada cannot play because he's injured. And it was this is another thing. Oh, yeah, the OC that Harson was trying to get was probably mm-hmm. Zach Hill, but he had the NCAA thing hanging over his head. Your backup OC has to bow out for, for different reasons. And now you're down to your third choice at OC, who probably you didn't even want to give the job to. It's like everything went bad for that offense and offensive plan before the season started. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it was definitely a difficult uphill climb to even get to, you know, six and six. You know, we narrowly missed it, right? So. 